Mom Training Podcast with Diana Ballard. Hey ladies, welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. I want to ask you a question right now. How do you feel about standing up for yourself, being confident in making boundaries or, you know, actually like having a voice and, and saying something that might be uncomfortable or having a conversation that stands up for something either you believe in or protecting something that's important to you or yourself. Do you feel like you have the confidence to do that? Now we're not talking about going in and starting a fight. We're just talking about going in and having a conversation that's productive that's constructive, that's going to help us to be able to protect that ground, protect ourselves, and be able to speak openly. So today we're going to have a conversation today with Navart Wilborn. She's going to talk to us. She is a licensed therapist, and she works with kids and with moms. Uh, and, you know, she really enjoys helping women discover and maintain their sense of self. And so, Navart, welcome to the podcast today. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much, Diane. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Okay. So, like you said, I'm a licensed professional counselor. I'm in Texas. I'm in North Texas. And, um, I'm actually the owner of a private practice. It was just me for a few years, but I've um, been really lucky and have been able to add three more therapists to my practice. So I guess now we have a group practice. Um, And I work with kind of a range. I I usually start with kids about age eight and I see people all the way up, you know, children, adolescents, adults. I see people individually and as couples or families. So I kind of do the whole range and I love, I love what I do. I love getting to talk to people and help people. So it's, it's fun to go to work and just kind of talk to people and play basically. (laughs) Yeah. Now tell us what your podcast name is too. I know you have a podcast. Yes. I started a podcast in December of 2021. So just a few months ago, and it is called life in progress, a therapy podcast with Navart Wilborn. And it's on all the platforms. Um, and I just, it's kind of a, it's a, just a general podcast. Basically what I do is I, you know, uh, topics that I talk with clients about in sessions, that's basically what I talk about in the podcast. So I just, I kind of think there are some themes, you know, there are some people that I talk to about a lot of the same things and it comes up for people in life. And so I just take that and just kind of, it's like 20, 30 minutes of talking about it, kind of giving people an opportunity to hear it from a different perspective. A lot of the time it's normalizing that we all go through the same kinds of things. I talk about some of my personal experiences, which I think is also helpful because some people will look, I've had people tell me like, oh my gosh, you're a therapist and you still go through these things. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm human. I'm a mom. I have a nine-year-old son. And um, a lot of what I, you know, do in therapy, as a therapist, I try to apply to my own life. I learn so much about myself as a person, as a woman, and as a mom by being a therapist. And then doing this podcast has also, like, I, I feel like every week when I do, you know, record my episode, I walk away with like, okay, I need to be held accountable for that too. I want to do better at that. And so it's been really fun. It's a weekly episode. Every Friday, I release a new one. Awesome. Well, and I think too, the best therapists are the ones that do therapy themselves, like either on themselves or, or even, you know, talk to someone because we all have stuff that we have to work through. Absolutely. Like everybody does. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't care how good you are at anything. Like you're going to have stuff that rubs you the wrong way. And 
And it's right. always good to talk to somebody. Right. So, it never stops, right? We grow for our yeah. entire lives. Every new phase of life or every, every new thing that you deal with or go through gives you something that you have to either adjust to or overcome. And that's just growth and change forever, basically. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I would love to dive into your thoughts on how women can advocate for themselves, how mothers can advocate for themselves, because I, I feel one of the points here we have that we're going to talk about, I actually want to jump right into that if that's okay. Um, the, the reason why a lot of people struggle with anxiety and depression is because they haven't communicated what is wrong. They haven't communicated with people that have hurt them, or if there's something that is, you know, that someone's doing that the other person doesn't like, or they're feeling their boundaries are pushed, or they're feeling taken advantage of without having that productive conversation with that person, it really is locking a person into themselves. Right. And it, it bottles up over time. So tell me your thoughts about that. Yeah, I love this topic. So it's interesting. I'll give you a little bit of a, a backstory to why I love this topic. So I am, I identify as a very sensitive person. I've always been super sensitive. And when I was younger, I mean, high school, early college, you know, in my twenties, I, I, I mean, I just got my feelings hurt very easily. And so having any kind of conversation that could, that I perceived as difficult or confrontational or just, you know, having to talk about something that was serious was really hard for me. And it was, it was hard to say what I wanted to say without crying. And it was just like, I'd get overwhelmed with the feelings and the emotions attached to it that I wouldn't communicate well. And I don't, I don't really know it wasn't like a specific change. It was kind of more of an awareness, I think in college young, I was 22 when I got married and I, I started grad school for counseling like two months after I got married. So I'm going through all these like couples counseling classes in college and I'm and learning how to do it and how to be really good in my communication with my husband. And, and I just, I remember thinking like, I can't do that. Like I can't continue to be this emotional while trying to have relationships with people. And then in, in therapy, I'm going to have to have some really difficult conversations with people where I maybe have to call them out on things in their own life that they need to be working on or challenging them to grow. And so I was like, I can't, I got to change this. But I knew that being sensitive was such an important part of my personality that I did not want to lose. I couldn't compromise that. It's part of who I am. It's why I am the way that I am. But I knew that I needed to get stronger. I needed to learn how to manage my sensitivity and the anxiety that went with it. And so it just kind of, it was like a, I don't know, it was a switch that went off in my head where it's just like, okay, suck it up. Like I've got to learn this. And so over time, I've just learned like the proper way to speak my feelings where my feelings were still important. And the, the, the emotion or the, the hurt or whatever it was that I was going through needed to be considered, but I needed to figure out a better way to communicate it where I was heard because I was speaking clearly but also where I was respected and taken seriously, because I don't know, sometimes as women and as moms, like we're not always, I don't know, sometimes the people view us as like, well, you're just, you're just upset because your kid is getting in trouble and you don't want to hear that they actually did something wrong. When sometimes it's like, no, my kid actually needs an advocate. 
I need to speak up for him. I'm not just being a sensitive mom. I'm being a strong mom. And so I needed to learn how to handle those situations and being taken seriously was really, really important to me. And now as a business owner, even more important, you know? And so, um, so I find with the clients that I work with, with the women specifically that I work with, it's so difficult for women to speak up for themselves. Some of them are just amazing at it, but I would say the majority of them are really, really struggling with it. And it's, it's a range of things, right? It's, I, you know, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be viewed as confrontational. I don't want to be viewed as, um, you know, them rocking the boat. I want to be, you know, some people are just naturally people pleasers. And so I find that a lot of the time in conversations with women, I'm almost like coaching them on first understanding that that thing that happened or that thing that someone said to you was not okay. And then you are allowed to speak up for yourself. You have a voice. You, you may not know what that sounds like yet, but it's in there. Let's figure out how to bring it out of you. And then it's okay. What do you say? And when do you say it? And how do you say it? And so it's, it's that, you know, practicing of how do I speak up? How do I say what I want to say in a way that is respected and is taken seriously? And it's something that we have to do in so many different aspects of our lives. It's speaking up for ourselves. It's speaking up for our children. It's, you know, just generally advocating for ourselves. So I, it's, it's sad that so many women that we struggle with this, but also like, I like to remind people, like, you're not alone. I'm someone who had to teach myself how to do it. And I'm, you know, people typically look at me and they're like, when I kind of walk them through, they're still like, oh my gosh, I want to say it just like that. I wish I had a headphone. You can speak it into my ear and I'd say it, but I'm like, but I wasn't always like that. I had to learn how to do this. I had to teach myself how to do this. And it doesn't mean that I still don't feel the anxiety. It doesn't mean that I still, I don't enjoy it. Like I don't walk into a situation and just hope I get to have a confrontation. So I'm like, I avoided it at all costs, but I have the confidence now that if I had to, let's go, I've got this. And I love it when I, when I can walk women through getting from that, absolutely never speaking up for themselves to listen to what I just said to my husband or my mom or whatever, you know, and it's all my thing is, and you, you said this earlier, we're not trying to cause problems. We're not trying to start something, but it's how to do it while maintaining a relationship, maintaining, you know, um, respect for yourself, respect for the other person. We're not being ugly. We're not being mean. We're being clear. We're being firm, but we're being, um, I don't know, just, we're being strong. So why, why do you think that women are uncomfortable? I mean, maybe there's not, maybe not everybody, but I feel that a lot of us, especially as moms, we're taking care of so many people and doing so many things for everybody that sometimes when we have those boundaries or we say something that could be seen as confrontational, we don't want to start the fight or we feel selfish for bringing up like, Hey, I actually need some time to myself. <laughs> you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's my turn to like have, have a little bit of, of space, you know? So why do you think that we struggle like that? Yeah, I think it's different for every person. It depends on the situation. And I think some of the themes that I see with the, with the moms that I work with, it's, it's a lot of the time it's about 
I don't want to, I don't like, it's that need to be, to please need to be liked. And, and so many moms have that issue. It's, and it's not like this for everyone. Obviously some women are super confident and they don't care about what other people say, but for the most part, even the people who say they don't care about what other people say, they still care. And it's, you know, it's wanting something out of the relationship that you're in, whether it's with your significant other or with a friend or with a parent that you're trying to advocate for yourself with there's a need in that relationship you know a need to be accepted a need to be respected a need to be taken seriously and a lot of the times there's this fear that if I stand up for myself then you're going to be upset with me and then I'm going to feel bad about myself or I'm going to feel guilty or you're not going to like me anymore so I think there's this reject fear of rejection that underlies a lot of these situations. And then you have other people who they just legitimately don't know how to say it. Like some people are just not great at forming their words and associating the right tone with the right words, with the right timing. And they just come across really abrasive or rude or emotional. And so there's a fear that if I don't say it right, it's just going to be a worse situation. Um, And then you have some people who just are, you know, if there's a history of being labeled a certain way, like you always, you're always complaining, you're always nagging me, you, um, you know, you're, I don't know, always wanting something that I can't give you, then it's this fear that if I say how I feel, if I advocate for myself, you're just going to think I'm nagging you or complaining again, and I don't want to do that. Um, And so there are other reasons, but that's a lot of the the kind of the themes kind of revolve around those kind of topics. That's bad. Yeah. Well, and the thing is like, when you start standing up for yourself, someone's going to get upset. I I mean, it's totally, you know, we, (laughs) I we're scared of that, but in reality, you know, if you make a boundary and it's starting to rub against someone else's comfort zone of like, oh, you've done all these things for this person over here for years. And then all of a sudden it's not okay for them to talk to you that way or for you to do these different things and, and you need your, your space or they need to take care of their own stuff, right? There's gonna be a little bit of resistance. So how do you help, how do you help women past that point? Because that, yeah. that, you know, obviously we're, we wanna learn how to train our, you know, our, our voice so that we can present things a little bit better, you know, for the people that may struggle with that or have the confidence to do that. But how do you talk someone through that they did stand up for themselves and then they caught some fire back? Like, how do you talk them through that moment to not scare them away from doing it, from standing up for themselves again? Yeah, that's such a great question. Okay. So earlier I said, I don't remember what worded it, but basically I was saying about how I try to help women first, you know, recognize what is the problem, why it wasn't okay. And then we work on how to say it and when to say it, but it's those first two pieces. So much of my time to even get someone to recognize that they need to speak up for themselves. It's focusing on what was the issue. So you came in with, you're upset about an interaction that you had, let's say with your husband and your feelings are hurt and you, you know, it's got, it's, you're anxious, you're sad, whatever it is. So first it's like, okay, well, what happened? Let's walk through the situation. Why are you upset? 
And then the fact that you're upset is really the first step. It's that that's your acknowledgement. That's your self-awareness that something is wrong, that you were treated in a way that you didn't like. And so then I do a lot of, you know, what I call psychoeducation, we call psychoeducation in the therapy and psychology world, which is basically like, let me walk you through or basically teach you why that is not okay. That's not healthy. That's a part of a relationship that we would see as, um, as you know, sometimes it's just not okay or inappropriate. Sometimes it's unhealthy. Sometimes it's as far as toxic and really dangerous, you know? And so we kind of walk through those things of why this isn't okay and why it's okay that you're upset and normalizing your feelings and normalizing that this is something that anyone in your situation would be upset about. And so there's this, what happens that hopefully that transformation that happens cognitively there is a shift in perspective. That woman, that mom, I, I try to help her recognize that that's not okay. And the fact that you're bothered by it or you're hurt by it is because it's not okay. And anyone in your situation would struggle with this. So you can modify your perspective to recognize that even if this is the way your spouse has always spoken to you or your mom or whoever, this is a a line that we need to practice drawing. Like you need to decide today, is that something that you're okay maintaining in your life? Or are you ready to say, I'm not comfortable with that anymore. I don't appreciate it. I don't like it. And this hurt feeling that I have, I'm going to pay attention to it. I deserve to pay attention to it. I deserve to not feel this way. So when you can accept that and you can be you know, aware of your feelings and that they matter, then now we start working on why and how are we going to speak it? So then it's like, okay, I don't like this feeling. What am I going to do? So the next time this happens, or maybe Once things have calmed down, I go back to my significant other and I say, hey, when you said that to me yesterday, that really hurt my feelings and I really felt disrespected. I felt like you didn't take into consideration how I felt. You didn't listen to what I was trying to say. And you've done this a lot. You you talk to me in a way that makes it seem like I don't matter or that my opinion doesn't matter. And I'm not comfortable with that. I've never been comfortable with it, but I don't want that in my life anymore. And I'm ready for that to change. You and I are going to have to figure out a different way to talk to each other or else we're going to have a problem because I'm not just going to take that anymore. So by saying something like that, and there's so many variations, you're being respectful, you're being calm, you're not name calling, you're not cursing or using profanity, you're not bringing up the past in a way that's blaming and accusatory. You're saying, you did this thing. I don't like this thing. I'm uncomfortable with it and I'm ready for it to stop. We need to figure this out. So it's very strong, but it's calm. And I think what happens with people who speak with us, with women, is that if we get worked up, then we're labeled in a certain way that's negative. We're too emotional. You're being erratic. You're just throwing a fit or being thrown a tantrum when it's like, but my words still matter, right? So if we can figure out how to understand the reasoning for why we have to speak up for ourselves and then practice the proper way to speak up for ourselves. And it's really difficult for someone to ignore what we're saying and focus on our delivery. So if you're saying all the right words, but you're yelling or you're cussing or you're accusing the other person or bringing something up from the past that has nothing to do with this, then they're not going to hear anything you're saying. The point of what you're trying to say will be lost because 
the focus is going to be on you keep yelling at me, you keep cussing at me, kids can hear you cussing, look at the, you know, the fit you're throwing and blah, blah, blah. So it's just lost. And so it's, it's that package, you know, you don't just hand someone a gift and say, here you go, you wrap it and you make it look pretty. And then you deliver it at the right time because the, the presentation is so important. And that applies to how we speak and why we say what we say. Uh, so you, you were saying that you were a really sensitive person in the beginning. And I know that a lot of us women can identify with that, especially when we're hormonal and, you know, we haven't got a lot of sleep. Then sometimes we, it's hard for us to control our emotions. Like we're crying or doing something when we're trying to have a hard conversation, right? Especially if we've been hurt or we're uncomfortable with it. We don't know what the outcome is going to be for rejection, whatever. How did you work on helping control your emotions more in these conversations, because that is a huge piece for us women. So how, how did you do that for yeah. uh, yourself? It was hard. I think it was, it started with, I wanted, I think it started with a, a view I wanted to have of myself. Like I had this image in my mind of the way that I wanted to be seen and the way that I wanted people to see me, you know, I wanted I wanted to be taken seriously. So I guess at some point I recognized that I wasn't able to be taken as seriously as I wanted to because of the way I was communicating and, and because of how emotional I would be. And so the first step was that, how do I want to look to people? How do I want to appear? How do I want to come across? And that image in my mind was so important to me that it almost became the thing I was working towards. It was like, I could, I would envision standing in that situation, saying what I wanted to say and being heard and being taken seriously. And that was such a clear picture in my head. I wanted that so badly. So then it almost became the thing that I ran through my head every time I, you know, when I would try to speak that way, I had, you know, I'd filter everything I was saying through that image of, I want to say it in a way where I'm going to be heard. I'm going to be respected. And I realized that if I lost control, then I'd lose that opportunity to say what I wanted to say. And yeah, there are situations where you can have a do-over, come back the next day and say, look, I didn't say what I wanted to say, right? I'm going to you know, try that again. But there's so many situations where that first time might be all the, the only time you get to say what you want to say, or I don't want to have to say something wrong and then have to apologize later and tuck my tail between my legs and just feel the shame or the guilt of doing it wrong. And so it, it became this overall, I, I want, I want to be a certain way. I want to be seen a certain way. And that, I don't know, it's like, because I could lose it. Anyone can lose control at any point and spew out all kinds of anger and hate. But if you know that you don't like that side of you, you know that when you do that, you then feel bad afterwards, then you have to start practicing ahead of time. So instead of, you know, waiting to be in that situation and then having the regret, you have to plan ahead. So for me, a lot of the times I would prep it, you know, so if I, if it was something that bothered me and I needed to talk to my husband or my friend, whoever it was, I rehearsed it in my head over and over and over until it sounded the way I wanted it to sound. Sometimes I used to write it down. Now I don't have to, because I just, I'm a lot, it's a lot easier for me to get there, but I would, I would rehearse it. And I'd be like, okay, 
how do I want to say it where I'm not going to sound like I'm blaming. I'm not going to sound like I'm whining. I'm going to be short, sweet to the point. I don't need to ramble for 45 minutes because no one can listen to that. And so I rehearsed it and that rehearsal First of all, it, it, I, let, I heard my words in my head and I heard how I wanted to sound. And then it took some of the anxiety of it away because I was, it wasn't the first time the words were in my mind. It was put together in a way that I already was starting to feel confident about because I liked the way that it was sounding in my head. And then it, I would just be like, okay, now timing. All right, well, I'm not going to do it when we're all tired. I'm not going to do it when we're grumpy. I'm not going to do it right after. I My biggest thing, and I still do this today, I wait. Like if, if I'm frustrated about something or I'm talking to someone and we're irritated with each other, that's not the right time to like dive deep into feelings. I probably need to wait an hour or a couple hours or sometimes it's the next day, but you can't drag it on for too long because then that's just, that's difficult to come back to sometimes. But calm down, get to a point where I'm in control of myself and my feelings. Doesn't mean I'm not going to get worked up again and have some emotion attached to it, but the, the initial chaos of the emotion needs to go away. Um, and even when I'm speaking clearly, it doesn't mean I'm not going to maybe tear up, but rare, rarely now it's a lot better now. And so, um, so yeah, I think I would say rehearsing it was huge huge for me. Oh, and I have to kind of echo, I, so I'm a singer and so I like perform and I'll tell you, like, sometimes when you're singing a song that's so meaningful, like I, in the past would cry and it would choke me up and it would ruin part of the song. And it was really hard for me. I'm a very sensitive person too. And so I, I had to work really hard to be able to keep those emotions still I to be able to still feel them but instead of feel them inside to actually feel them out through my mouth to the audience Mm -hmm. to make like a bigger impact and so like with that kind of thought in mind of like you know when when someone's singing a song they're they're singing it out to pierce the hearts of the audience so that it actually gets in and the message actually is received I think it's the same with having you know communication and conversations that are challenging of it needs to be presented and, and given in a way that pierces through the ego. You know, if we're crying, if we're yelling, like those shields are going to go up for people and they're not going to, they're not going to actually let the real message in. And, uh, you know, also, you know, taking your time to think about things like I, I need to, to think things out or talk things out to either just myself or in my journal or, you know, talking to God by myself for a minute before I come. So I actually know what the real issue is that we're trying to address. Right. No, absolutely. And I think that that's, it's a good point because I think what a lot of people struggle with is impulse. Right. And so in the heat of the moment, when you're in a disagreement with someone or someone does something to upset you, it is really, really hard to control that. Like you just, you react. It's sometimes it's, it's just automatic and you, you say something or you react or you, you know, talk back or kind of, I don't know, some people are sarcastic and they just make a cutting remark, but that is one of the hardest things is 
if you have, if you make that decision, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh gosh, I really want to work on this, then I would really encourage you. The first thing you have to do is decide why is that something you're going to, why is that going to be something you're going to work on? What is your reason? So for me, it was wanting to be viewed a certain way, wanting to be in control, wanting to have that, um, whatever. And so for you, you have to decide your why. Is it because you want to be taken more seriously? Is it because you want to be respected? Is it because you don't like the feeling of impulsively reacting, yelling at whoever, and then having to eat your words later or just feel the regret of it? So whatever your reason is, is the first thing. And then you have to practice using your old situations. And so, um, if I think back to a situation where I said something that I wish I would have done differently or said differently, that is a great place to start because then I can think back at that and be like, okay, what did I say? Oh, I don't like that. I don't like how that came out. It's so like, I can see myself in that situation and how I looked and I'm just so unhappy with how I came across. So what do I wish I would have said differently? How do I wish my facial expressions would have looked my body language, the words, the tone, all of it. So then I, I, replay that situation, but I try to change my part, right? I can't change the other person's part, but I leave everything the same, except what I wish I would have said. And sometimes there's a few revisions of that, you know, and you keep practicing and rehearsing, but if I can practice with a real life situation that I've actually experienced that applies to my life, and I get to a place where I'm happier with the, what would I have said? Cause don't we all do that? Don't we have that? Like oh my gosh, I wish I would have said this when they, you know, were rude to me or said this or whatever, but you actually get the opportunity to practice it in your mind, in your journal, however you want to do it. And the more you practice, the more you rehearse, then you train your brain. It's almost like you create this pathway in your brain. That's now just made for how do I communicate, you know, and the more I practice it with my past experiences, the stronger this pathway in my brain becomes. And then I create some little bit of muscle memory, right? So that the next time I'm in that situation, I'm not starting from scratch. I've rehearsed this. I've practiced this. I've seen it in my head. I've written it in my journal. And now the words come more easily. I've, I've trained my, my mind to slow down. I've trained my mouth to speak the way I want it to speak. The vocabulary is a little bit more fresh. The, the tone is a little bit more comfortable. You get, if no one's at home or if you're in the car, speak it out loud, hear yourself. Do you sound the way you hope that you sound in your head? You know, so if you, in your head, it sounds great. But when you say it out loud, you notice you're a little sarcastic or you've got a little tone, keep practicing. Then it's not right. You know, if you have a trusted friend and you need to, let's say you need to have this conversation with your, your mom or your husband. And you're like, oh God, I don't know how this is going to go. They're going to get upset. Practice it with a super close friend that's going to call you out if it's wrong or encourage you if it's right. Um, but that it's, it's about taking that control and practicing with the past. And, and like I was saying, you have to wait until the right time. And a lot of the, the, like for me, I try to listen to my body, right? So if I'm worked up, I know what that feels like. I know when I'm upset and if I'm that upset, I, that's a decision I've made. That's not a good time to have a conversation. I need to wait until I go down to a good baseline because if I'm that upset, my brain isn't clear. My thoughts are flooded with 
the emotions of whatever it is I'm feeling, and I'm not going to be a clear communicator. So I need to wait until I've calmed down. Sometimes it's just letting a little time pass by. Sometimes it's going to do something different, take a shower, go for a drive, go for a walk, whatever. But you have to learn to listen to your body. What is it doing? What does upset feel like for you? What does anxiety feel like for you? And if you're feeling those things, you probably shouldn't make any big decisions or have big conversations. Yeah. And I think it's also realizing that we can get better and better with each conversation, but we're never going to be perfect. And so instead of beating ourselves up that, you know, the conversation didn't go exactly how we wanted to, as we're learning and we're practicing that we have other opportunities to continue to practice and then it can get better with time. So, you know, if you, if you struggle with like some anxiety about talking to people, like just realize that, you know, there are more opportunities and we're each time just getting better and better each time we're actually putting intention into the conversation. Cause I think you're right with the impulse, you know, sometimes we just blah, 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 we just blab it all out. Right. But if we go into a conversation, even with just a little bit of intention, if we're just starting out, like to, to kind of direct just a little bit, that conversation is going to go so much better. And each time that we put in more intention and more thought and more practice, the, the conversations can get really good. Um, I, I've worked really, really hard with my husband to have good conversations and, and communication stuff. We, we've been friends. We were friends for four and a half years before we got married. And we just had our, our, um, our eighth anniversary recently. So, um, but, and it really can get to the point where things flow very smoothly when we feel good, when we've gotten enough rest, right. And things like that. And, and just realizing that there are moments when we might not feel our best and maybe it's not presented that way. And then other times it can flow smoothly again. So just, I think it's about giving ourselves grace too, as we're learning and growing and trying to speak up and advocate for ourselves and for our children, that it, that it's a process and that we're human and we're, we're doing a great job every, every time that we put in our intention and we try. So, yeah. And you know, um, one thing I just thought of that I wanted to make sure to mention, this looks different in different relationships, right. Depending on the dynamic. And so, you know, with you and your husband, you've both actively been working on it and you're trying to like, you, you have a shared goal of good communication, but where this is more difficult is in relationships where only one person seems to want to work on this or notices that it's dysfunctional or unhealthy. And so when you're doing it by yourself, you know, you may have to take a step back and look at your relationship a little bit and decide, okay, is this something that if I make this change, that'll be enough and it'll really course correct and we'll be okay. Or is this something where my spouse and I really need to be working on this together? And so you can do it a few different ways. You can start it on your own, make the changes. And by making the changes, you're, you're just by doing that, you're changing the dynamic of the relationship because you're changing your part. And when you change your part, sometimes your significant other will just kind of notice that and go kind of follow your lead and things will, will naturally improve. But in some situations, you'll make the changes and the other person won't. And so you may have to have a, maybe a different aspect of this come in where you're like, hey, spouse, I don't like the way we're doing, you know, the way we talk to each other is so disrespectful. I don't feel happy and I want to work on that. So here's what I'm going to do. Or later, if you've already done it and it hasn't worked, then you come in with the same kind of thing and say, I'm trying, look at all the things I've done differently. And I feel like you still treat me this way. I'm not okay with this. Maybe we need counseling or maybe, 
we just need to sit down and hash it out, right? But then where it's even more difficult is in relationships where there is a power struggle constantly. So kind of when you, when you were talking about being impulsive, it reminded me of that where some relationships, if there is a constant power struggle or they're really not, they just, you, you can love someone and not like them anymore, you know? And so if you're at that point where you really just don't like your significant other, then if they say something annoying, you have zero desire to calm down and wait for the right time to talk because you just want to fire back because you're so angry or you're so hurt or you're just fed up with this person. You really don't like them anymore. And so it's so much harder to do it the right way when your impulsivity is based on the dynamic of your relationship, the history of the relationship, maybe years and years of packed on disrespect or you just, you're just not on the same team. Your roommates living together, trying to raise a bunch of kids. Like it just, that is such an important piece to this because you have to decide what are you walking into? What, what exists in your life and your relationship that might determine how you need to practice this. And if you have a power struggle in your relationship, your first, you know, before you can even practice how to say things, you have to decide this is part of your why, right? do I like the kind of wife that I am or am I kind of a brat a lot of the time or am I rude or am I sarcastic? Do I cut my husband down in the way I talk to him? And if that's something that you face in yourself and you decide to try to do something about it, then that's gonna, you know, you're changing a whole lot more than just the way you talk to him. But, you know, that's, that might be where you, um, kind of seek some support, some counseling to work on, on bigger things, but you can, you can work through that on your own. It's really just facing kind of looking in the mirror and deciding like, what do I need to do differently? Because I'm a contributing member of this relationship too. Um, so just kind of try to think about what are the reasons that you guys struggle with communication? Is it a personal thing or is it a, a kind of a unit thing? Um, no, I like that. Thank you for sharing that. Cause it's true. There are all different types of relationships and some of them can flow a little easier and others, you know, you might not have someone that's right there working with you. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, as we close out, I want you to, to share some benefits of why it's important for women and mothers to advocate for themselves, because we've talked about some tips and some tools that, that women can use. Um, but I let, let's talk about some of the benefits just to, to leave them with some encouragement and some confidence about ma- making this change and, and standing up for themselves and being advocates for them in their lives. Absolutely. So there are so many benefits and I think that it really just kind of the, the first and foremost is yourself, right? So the reason that we struggle with this in a lot of ways is because of our insecurities and, and self, low self-esteem or low confidence, right? So if I struggle with something or I feel bad about myself because of something, then if I practice it and get better at it, then immediately there's going to be this improvement in my confidence, in my self-worth, in my, the general way that I carry myself and the way I feel about myself. So if this is something that you grow in and get better at, and you advocate for yourself and you learn to speak up for yourself and find your voice, find your strength, you will feel more confident. You will feel more empowered. And I'm a huge, huge fan of empowering women because I, I mean, I want everyone to be empowered, right? It's not just about women, but 
women, like there's a different dynamic with women because we are juggling a lot of things. And that's not to say that dads and and men don't juggle a lot of things, but it's just different when you're a mom, you know, we, our brain works differently. We could be at work fully engaged and still have this part of our brain that is very, you know, aware of all the things that our kids are doing at this very moment and where they are in their day and what our spouses are doing and what they're going through. And so when you learn to, to grow and empower yourself, it changes the entire way you see yourself and it changes the way that you see other people in your life. If you feel better about who you are, then you feel better about the relationships that you're in. Because if you don't, if you're unhappy with this part of your life and you don't really advocate for yourself, then you're going to feel like, I mean, you might be walking around life with a chip on your shoulder and constantly feeling like you just don't matter that other people don't prioritize you. You don't prioritize yourself. And when, when you're exhausted that can turn into really like strong feelings of anger or resentment towards the people in your life. And we don't want that. So if you have these things in your life that you sweep under the rug and you don't speak up for yourself about, even if it's daily chores, like you're doing way too much of the stuff at home and your significant other's not helping that will build up. And if you don't speak up about it, ask for a change in the dynamic or just discuss it, will make your feelings known, then eventually you will become resentful. You will become so irritated with the way your home is run that you just don't want to go home at the end of your day. And that's, that's sucks, right? Like no one wants to live like that. So it improves the quality of your life. And then it just, I don't know, you just kind of start to realize that you, you worth more than maybe the way you were raised to believe you were worth. If you were raised in a way that, you know, as a woman, you were treated a certain way or just you know, you were told that sharing your feelings is wrong or speaking up for yourself is wrong. And you're kind of having to reteach yourself and change the way that your brain works on that. And that's just, it shifts the entire way that you live your life. And so I'm a, I'm a big fan of just be in the driver's seat of your life. Yeah. And realizing that it's, it's something that's going to benefit you, even if it's challenging to learn, it's something that's going to benefit you and, and give you beauty and joy and peace in your life. Right. And honestly, growth is hard. Like, I don't know about you, but there's nothing that I've done that's mattered. That was easy. Everything that I've done, everything I've accomplished, everything I've worked for. I mean, even just think of the most beautiful thing you've ever done, which is possibly having your child, right? That was an incredibly different process from start to finish, but it was worth it because it, it elevated your life. It took you into a new chapter and it even if there was hardship involved, it still was such an amazing thing. So if I'm having to change the way that I speak with my partner, my spouse, my husband, whatever, or my mom or my friend, there will be difficulty. It might hurt. You might cry. You might have a falling out. You might need to take a break or or have some space and then come back together. But through that difficulty and through that potential pain will come either an improvement in this relationship and therefore a better future that you can continue to nurture or a realization that this isn't where you need to be in your life. And maybe this isn't a relationship that is good for you and healthy for you. And you're going to have to navigate that and figure out where you go from here. But being stuck is one of the biggest reasons that we struggle with anxiety and depression. If I'm in a situation that I'm unhappy in and I don't do anything to fix it, then I will definitely struggle for the rest of my life. 
if I take that same situation, I try to fix it, there is a potential for improvement. It could be painful improvement, or it could lead you to where something drastically changes for the negative, but eventually past that initial hurt, past that negative will come progress that is good for you will come breaking out of this stuck feeling or this phase of your life where you're not going anywhere because you did something, you stood up, you took a stand for your life, for your children, whatever it is that you need to take a stand for. And then growth change and improvement will come after, you know, after the process. Yeah, for sure. Well, why don't you tell us about, you have a find your voice guide. I'd love for you to share with us about that. Yes. Okay. So I made a guide for you that goes really well with the things that we talked about. And so what it does is it kind of defines what finding your voice means and what speaking up for yourself means. And then it kind of might walk you through reasons you might struggle with this and what could be some hangups for you. And then it explains why it's important and how it can help improve your life. And then I put some examples, just how to speak, how to say things in a way that sounds strong and confident and respectful, just to give you an idea of how I want you to practice this. Um, So you can find this. um, It's a link and it's thetherapypodcast.com forward slash find your voice. Okay. And that will be in the show notes, ladies, that you can check that out. Yes. And if you want to hear and want to kind of listen to any more of what, uh, you know, my podcast, you can go to my website, Diana, is that okay if I share that? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. It's uh, www.navartwillborn.com. Awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll have all of this in the show notes, ladies. So you can connect with her and learn more about what she does. She's great. Um, I, I totally enjoy talking to her about her thoughts and what she does for people. It's awesome. So Navart, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you, Diane. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. So ladies, I hope you were able to pull some tips and some tools and some different things that can help you to learn how to communicate a little more confidently, have more, you know, belief in yourself that you can advocate and protect yourself and your family. And we'll see you next Tuesday on the mom training podcast.